peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What is good? To whom are you referring? Sometimes I feel like the Bible is full of hidden treasures. You can read a story, you can read a verse, you can go through a book and not see something. And you can go through that same book a couple weeks later, a couple days later and go, how did I miss that? When you meet a person, you don't normally judge that person off of one thing they do. Right, So if you meet a person and let's say you see them in a moment where they're angry about something. You don't necessarily say that that's an angry person just because you saw them angry. A few days later, you might see that person smiling, jovial. But you wouldn't necessarily call them... Um, a person to be taken lightly, right? Like they're a joke. If that same person you saw a week later and they were in a real deep discussion with intense thought and emotions, you wouldn't necessarily call that an emotional person. There's different sides to that person, right? One of those things wouldn't necessarily put that person in a general box or in a general corner. That's, that's typically not how we classify people unless a person shows a pattern of behavior where they only display one thing. You could put them in that category and you know, yeah, this is just what this person is. What I find interesting is people do this with God. There's a whole Bible, a whole Bible, many stories of God doing different things, dealing in different people's lives in different ways. But I found that people like to latch on to one attribute or one story and latch on to how God dealt with a person in that one story and just negate the whole rest of the Bible. I've always found this interesting. Let's get to what I was thinking about. Again, I always like to say this because I am really no Bible scholar by far, by any stretch of the imagination. I read, I have thoughts. I'm just sharing you some things that I think when I read. That's really all I'm doing. Just a guy with a thought. That's it. So as I was reading, I'm going through the book of Ezekiel and there's, so I'm re, I'm in chapter 33 and I was listening this morning and I had to, I'm not gonna lie. I had to play this chapter back like several times. 
not because I didn't understand what was going on, but because I kept catching different things and running it back like, hold up, wait, what? In this chapter, there's there's you, you see God telling Ezekiel different things. And what I like about about how God laid the Bible out is you see God's God's. I don't want to say personality because I don't want to I don't want to put put God in a in a box of man. But you see God's God's intent in dealing with man kind of like the, like the heart of God. Right. Different, different, different things, different sides of, of, of the way God deals with man. So in verse eight, he says, when I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. And here's what's interesting about him saying that to Ezekiel. Whenever, whenever somebody tells me, well, you can't judge, and I've already dealt with this in another video, but I don't even have to go to those New Testament verses, right? Because anybody who believes the Bible, if they actually believe the Bible, they know that God hasn't changed. The God in Genesis is the same God of the book of Revelation. It hasn't changed. And you see where God talking to Ezekiel saying, yo, warn the wicked. When I say unto, when I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked man, uh, the wicked from his ways, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. This doesn't mean that we're overlords telling people what to do with their lives. So don't get that confused. There's there's many Bible verses I, I can go to, to to show how you go about doing this thing. But we're not overlords, right? You're not walking around saying you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong. And you need to. That's not what it is. But when people run with that mantra, oh, you can't judge. Ah, yeah, I wouldn't be so quick to say that. Clearly, you haven't read the whole Bible. You've just taken bits and pieces of different verses. In verse 11, he says, say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why, uh, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? So I'm pretty sure we've all heard people discuss, you know, what they think about the Bible. And a lot of people like to reference the Old Testament and go, oh, he did this and God destroyed this and destroyed that. It just seems like God is an evil God that just wants to destroy people again. When people have these discussions, I'm like, if you if you rip if you rip one thing out of the context of the entire Bible, yeah, sure you can come to that false conclusion. But when you take the Bible in its entirety and you get to verses like this, say un, uh, say unto them, 
as I live, saith the Lord God. Listen to what God said to Ezekiel. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? When I, when I read that verse, I kind of got a picture of like a kid, right? Let's say a kid holding a gun to their head, getting ready to commit suicide because they just don't know how they're going to handle life. And their parents in their background saying, hold up, wait a minute, don't do this. We've already told you, we'll help you out. And there's some rules and there's some things we need you to do, but we're going to help you out. Like, chill, don't kill yourself. This is not the way. It's kind of the thought I got as I was, as I was reading that verse. And something else I noticed in verse, uh, I think it's verse 15, verse 14 and 15. And when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. If the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity. He shall surely live. He shall not die. The next statement is 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 stood out to me as I was reading. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right. He shall surely live. So the funny thing about that is God is instructing Ezekiel to say all of these things. And you see different attributes. You see, yo, warn the wicked. Warn the wicked about his wicked ways. Because if you don't, judgment's going to come down. It is what it is. And if you don't warn them, that blood is going to be on your hands. So we see God's judgment. But we also see God's mercy in verse 11. Yo, I'm not, I don't take any pleasure in the fact that you're going to die in this state. I don't want you to die this way. And I'm warning you. I'm telling you, turn, turn. Why won't you listen to me and turn from that to me? This is what I'm trying to tell you. Mercy. And we also see where God warns the wicked and a wicked man turns and does right by God. And God is like, all right, I'm not bringing up your past. You good. Walk in my ways and you good. What I find in this day and, and kind of what. Like I said, I, you know me, I don't, if anybody who's listened to me, you know, I don't like pulling verses out of their context. I don't like trying to make things say something they don't say. And that's not what I'm doing here. I'm just, I'm just noticing different things about God as I'm reading this chapter. And I'm like, yo, it's funny in this one chapter, this one chapter alone, you see different aspects of how God deals with man. So when people try to hijack who God is biblically and try to paint God in the corner and paint God in a box. As Christians, we need to be in our Bibles and we need to be able to to show from the scripture like, nah, you, you misunderstanding. You, you took one thing 
right? You, you visited my mans on a day he was angry and you called him an angry person, but you ain't visit him two days after that when he was jovial and chilling and laughing with everybody. Or you visited my man when, when he was jovial, chilling and laughing with everybody and you thought it was all sweet. But you ain't see him that day when he was breaking the truth down to homie and it was serious. Right. We would we would extend that for a person, but people don't extend that to God. It's hilarious to me. And sometimes I think it's because people people want their excuses. We know that people want their excuses. But as Christians, as people who believe the Bible, who should be in our Bible and should be able to answer people when they say things like this. We need to show them not. You're pulling stuff, situations, stories out of the context of the whole Bible and you're missing a point. Like, yes, God does love people, but don't just pull out. You know, you had a group that just pulls out all of the verses where God talks about love and that's all they focus on. Like, hold up. <laughs> God will judge sin. Like, it ain't sweet. It ain't sweet in these spiritual streets. Don't think you're going to front on God and it's going to be all good. That's not how this works. And then you got the crowd that's always pointing to what a person was or what they did before, or what they did the day before. Yo, if this person went before God and they repented and they're trying to walk and do their thing. Yo, God says, you good. You follow me. Turn from your way. Follow me. We good. Don't worry about what you did in the past. We good right now. People that think that God is just coming down and just can't wait to, to destroy people and simply, nah, that's not it. We see that in these verses in verse 11, God is pleading with people, yo, turn from this way. It's like, this is not going to go well. I'm warning you turn. So as believers, we need to stop letting people hijack the conversation. They hijack the conversation and they tell you who God is, you who should be reading your Bible, that should know some of these things, that should know how to open a Bible and explain, nah, you got it confused, you got it twisted. Let me give you a more complete picture. We need to do this. We need to do this, especially in this time. This is, this is a dangerous time. I'm seeing a lot of, I've said this before, I'm seeing a lot of people say a lot of things. Some people with good intentions, some people with good intentions are, are saying things that are not necessarily biblically sound. And if there's ever a time where we need to be biblically sound in our approach and how we deal with people and, and, and what messages we get across, especially in this political climate, is definitely now. Because we have to be able to, for those of us who are Christians and, and read our Bibles and study our Bibles, we have to be able to answer what these people are saying from a, a biblical worldview, a biblical worldview, not humanistic. We have to be able to show from the Bible like, yo, let me break it down for you. Need to get in your word. Like that's even to me. Like I realize now more than ever how much more I need to be in this Bible. There's some people who are not even believers 
that probably know the Bible. Now, I'm not going to say probably. That do know the Bible better than we do. They shouldn't be. Stay frosty, people.